Welcome to the Creators Adventure, where we interview creators from around the world hearing their stories about growing a business. How do you design a business that not only helps you make a living, but actually grows your personal wealth? That's what we're going to talk about today. Hey everyone, I'm Brian McAnulty, the founder of Heights Platform. Let's get into it. Hey everyone, we're here today with Erin Bridgman, a money management and mindset coach. With her coaching business, she empowers female entrepreneurs to design a business that is not only profitable, but actually grows their personal wealth. Erin, welcome to the show. Yay, thanks so much for having me, Brian. Yeah, of course. So my first question for you today is, what would you say is the biggest thing that either you did or you are doing that has helped you achieve the freedom to do what you enjoy? Hmm. I think, you know, and this is something that I preach as well, is figuring out how to, two things. One is figuring out how to live and work in both creativity and um, following your intuition. So how can I be tapping into what feels aligned, what feels creative, where my intuition is leading me. And then also figuring out how to have money work for me so that I don't have to always spend time working for money. So for myself and for my husband, we have worked to have our dollars go to work for us in real estate. We um, have a, that's like half of my life is building a real estate empire and, and running that company. And so that has allowed me to then have the freedom that um, allows me to do, have more spaciousness, have more time to do things that feel aligned both in business and in my personal life. Awesome. Yeah, that's a great answer. Um, I want to go into more of that here and uh, uh, hopefully uh, give some good lessons to everyone who's watching or listening. Um, yeah, but I, I want to say also, I really like the, the idea that you're talking about of like creating the leverage um, for your time. Um, so I, this podcast is going to be all about you, but I want to take a moment uh, to brag about ourselves that uh, like we, we talk about that as well so much that um, we're, uh, we're able to now be the, uh, the number one result, I believe, uh, in Google if you search leveraged income. Um, so like, yeah, definitely believe that's important um, to create some leverage in your business so um, it's not all dependent on your time. Um, so can you tell us a little bit of the story of how you started your own business and became a money mastery coach? Yeah, well, I don't know how long or how, how much of the story you want to hear, but I started into entrepreneurship um, almost, I think it's been over 10 years, and my husband and I were newlyweds, and we took our graduation money and bought a camera and started working in photography. We did wedding photography and videography for almost seven years. So I always say we're like grandparents in the uh, wedding industry space. And in that time, we started to invest. We invested in real estate. Then in 2014, we had $18,000 and saved up in our, our bank account. And at the time, that was a lot of money for us. And we decided we could take that money we could pay off one student loan because at that time we were crippled with student debt we had almost a hundred thousand dollars in debt there mm. and so we said hey we can do that or we can go and and 
purchase an asset that would produce enough revenue for us to then eventually pay off all of our student debt. So that's how we started getting into real estate and seeing like our money work for us there. And I have this photography business going and we scaled that pretty quickly to six figures. And um, through an evolution of time in my journey, I found myself starting to do business coaching. And as I was coaching female entrepreneurs, and we were really focusing on like sales and pricing and all that, I kept seeing this common theme with creatives having massive blocks around money, about their like thinking around money and their worthiness around money and their management of money. And back in the day, I would like take out a Google sheet and be like, okay, let's like whip up this like debt pay down plan or this budget plan. And over the years, I have now developed like a money matrix. So it's like a spreadsheet system, a whole system to help you be the CFO of your life and your business. And so I think that like the way that I found myself in this position is just like the many, many years of entrepreneurship and the lessons I've learned. And then just as I've coached people seeing just this common need and I am able to sort of bridge the the gap being like a very creative person and, and doing the photography thing and doing the interior design with real estate and being a total nerd and loving spreadsheets and loving math, being able to sort of like bridge that gap for people. Cool. Um, yeah. So I want to go back to the point you mentioned of how you took the savings from the photography business and then decided to like purchase this asset of a house um, instead of paying the student loan debt. Um, so wh- where did you get like the idea to decide to do something like that? Do you feel like you always had this like strong thinking around money and, and everything? Or was it like really having the student loan debt made you think about like, well, what's the best way to, to handle this? You know, I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. Like, I feel like I was born with that and so was Brent. And so I think inside of that, there's like a level of like healthy engagement with risk, like an understanding with making an educated risk. You could have an incredible ROI. So I think that was definitely part of it. But I would say like, I mean, Brent and I did, we drank the Dave Ramsey Kool-Aid, which Dave Ramsey would be very against this type of a move. And, you know, I don't believe that he is speaking to an audience that is of the entrepreneur mindset or has the um, capabilities to leverage themselves. You know, he's speaking to people that make their nine to five, they have a very specific level of income. And so um, I kind of like to say, like, why I don't believe in Dave Ramsey. And while I'm really grateful for a lot of the foundational messaging and like the the budgeting and things like that, and I agree with some of it, he's not speaking to the entrepreneur. And the entrepreneur's superpower is that we can go into the marketplace and we have the power to go and generate more money. So oftentimes we need to be focused more on that than on like, how do we like save? How do we make sure that we manage what we have really, really, really well? And so um, I think that like, as I lived into sort of my entrepreneur, um, yeah, l- allowing myself to live into the risk, I had the backing of like this Dave Ramsey teaching and I had to sort of like push against that. And I think the the crippling, like how much debt we had and how restrictive that felt, like we wanted to make sure that we were being most strategic with how how could we tackle that as quickly as possible? And it wasn't through just like paying down, you know, like we would have to restart all over again. And so in purchasing the real estate, we were able to have it cash flow 
enough money that paid our monthly payments. And then it actually, it's a crazy story, but we were able to do an insurance claim and that allowed us to have a very large amount of money. And then when we sold the asset, we were able to like net out. So it actually ended up basically giving us $100,000 over the time. So we took something that we could either have done 18,000 and pay off one load, or like I say, we were able to pay off all of our student debt that way. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think um, there, there's somebody who says it a real lot, I forget who, but um, it's what you were mentioning that, like, if you want to focus on saving and all that, like, that's great, but you can only save so much, where as an entrepreneur, like the income potential you have is potentially unlimited. So it, it's easier to, to grow your income than it is to save more. Um, so yes. I like that. Yeah. Um, so you help women, you help business owners uh, better manage their money, grow their income. Uh, can you describe more about like, what would this money management be like? Um, what does it mean to have like a money mindset? Yeah, so let's, I'll give like high level of sort of the components of the money management part of things. There's a whole another conversation we could have around the mindset stuff if you'd like, but particular, and I want to just say that um, particularly I speak to women and, and women entrepreneurs. And if you are male listening or um, watching, you know, I encourage you to lean in for all the women that you support in your world and the power that you have. Um, so particularly my calling, I think, is to women because I just believe that we're in a very specific time in history that um, we have made massive progress with money and our relationship with money, but we have a long way to go. So it's crazy to me to like look at the stats to see that in the past hundred years, it wasn't until like the 60s that a woman could open her own credit card without a man or that in the 70s it wasn't like legislation for equal pay for equal work you know was just in the past like 60 years and so and we know that like access to money is like access to power and so i believe that the more we can get money into the hands of heart-centered women uh, the better the world will be and so that's sort of my mission my work and i think that we are up against a history that is suppressed us and so um and, and just been you know ingrained certain beliefs in us that you know women aren't good with money we don't know how to do math we we use sort of like oh that's a man's job or we kind of like and as business owners uh, it's very important for us to take that cfo seat and it's not something that can be outsourced yes we can outsource bookkeeping we can outsource accounting but we cannot outsource being the CFO of our companies and our lives. And so what that looks like high level is that you understand the numbers inside of your business, not just in a PL sense. So PL is very um, present to past oriented. And so you're you're being very reactionary. You're doing the work to um, reconcile accounts and certainly you can analyze and see patterns. But as a woman who's empowered with her money, we understand the present to future sort of snapshot. And so I like women to be able to really strategize what is your revenue um, in the next six to 12 months? What are your expenses? Um, what are your tax payments? And you should strategize your tax payments uh, monthly so that you're saving for those quarterly payments and you're not surprised. Um, and this is a huge thing because 
our goal generally is to continue to make more money and more profit, which means the tax payments you made last year are not going to suffice for this year. Um, and so you really need to be making sure you understand that percentage that you need to save monthly. And then my biggest piece is that you are strategizing your salary. And this is huge because this is how your business injects money into your personal life. And I found that many times as entrepreneurs, particularly female entrepreneurs, we pay ourselves least, last, and inconsistently. And I'm talking like very successful entrepreneurs as well. And so it's important that um, think about what that's teaching your subconscious, first of all, and how that's also setting you up financially for success in your personal world. And that's the whole point of starting a business. Yes, it's about mission. It's about impact. It's about passion. It's about all those things. But we're not running a hobby. We're running a business. And that means it needs to pay us. And so that's sort of high, high level on the business side of what you're going to be able to manage. And then on the personal side, you really understand how much money does it cost for me to live on a monthly and annual basis. 65% of Americans do not know how much it costs for them to live. And so you understand what that is as being the personal CFO. And you also know what your financial goals are, you know, specifically the amount of money that you need to reach those and what type of emotion you're trying to generate because that's a lot more inspiring and motivating um, to do the work inside of your business to raise your salary to give yourself bonuses because you know exactly where that's money money is going and what it will produce for you so high level that's sort of my money matrix and what i work to help people do awesome yeah i like that um I like the uh, the point of like it sounds so simple, but figuring out like what are your your living expenses going to be and all that, especially as an entrepreneur, because it's hard to, especially I, I remember starting out myself as an entrepreneur that like um, I started my first business I was uh, I guess about eighteen years old and I had no clue about like what is it going to cost to like live somewhere and uh, insurance and taxes and all these things. And so like, I tried to come up with a number, but like over time, like that number has gone up and up. Not, I don't think necessarily, like maybe partially because of comforts or things I realized I wanted. Um, and that's fine. That's a good reason, I think. But also just because of realizing like, these are the things that I've always wanted. What is actually like the true cost to achieve that? And um, it, it requires thinking and research and understanding definitely. But I also want to mention about how you talked about the point of like paying yourself um, as an entrepreneur. And I think there's a lot of discussion around this and people saying, well, if you're the founder, like, yeah, should you pay yourself less? Should you pay yourself first? And um, it sounds like you're kind of with the idea of not paying yourself last. Um, and I, I agree with that as well. I think it's important as an entrepreneur to be paying yourself some money because like you said it's not supposed to be a hobby it's you're trying to build a business here and uh if uh i think also you're mentioning about the mindset like if you decide to not pay yourself if you decide to pay yourself last in in some small way it has to be unhealthy for the business because then it's always okay it becomes always okay for you to not have money and then that's how it turns into a hobby that you've built this business maybe you even have employees everyone gets money but but you don't. So, so what are you, what are you doing there with that? So, um, I would agree that it does make sense to, to make it a budget and a goal and say like, 
just like you have to pay some other bill, you have to pay yourself. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And what are you telling yourself subconsciously if you're paying all these other people, you're paying your marketing team, you're paying for software, you're paying for all of these things, and yet you aren't counting able to count on, you know, money yourself? Like, what does that say about your own worthiness, your own expertise, like all that? And then on top of it, you know, after a while, you are going to burn out. Like if you are giving so much time, so much energy, and you're not receiving the energy of money back into your world, that you're going to burn out. No matter how much you love it, like it's just not going to be a lasting thing. And I am in, I am in the business of helping people run the marathon of entrepreneurship, not the sprint. And that requires that you have an an energetic exchange that feels equal with money. And of course, there are seasons in our business. There are times where we should be reinvesting a lot back into the business. But what I find is I need to push against the tendency of many of us, which is we tend to already do that. Oh, I'm going to stockpile. I'm going to put back in the business, put back in the business. And um, that's not, that's not a pattern that can be upheld forever and no matter what like you can pay yourself even if it's a hundred dollars a month to start or whatever like building that habit is huge and it's also it's it's healthy for the business it's healthy for ourselves and preventing burnout and it's healthy for our our like mindset yeah yeah totally agree because then it becomes something that if it's a if it's a non-negotiable thing that you have to do then at the end of the year Instead of saying, okay, well, I didn't pay myself, and then that's okay to earn that same amount next year, then you're saying, okay, I did pay myself. Like I have to, I have to still sustain this or grow this to continue to pay myself. So yeah, definitely. I like that. Um, let's see. Can you share maybe some tips for like a new entrepreneur um, just starting out um, and like how they can better manage their finances? Yeah. So something I always tell people, like if you're like at the very, very like basis, a few things I would do is one, I would start to get comfortable with numbers, start to get comfortable with um, being somebody who's a business owner, who's in touch with their numbers. And so just in a, in a sort of like a habit formation mentality, learn, like start signing in and just looking at your bank account every day like a super simple step it takes like one minute like 60 seconds and this is just like helping you recognize like hey i can handle money i can look at numbers i don't need to be avoidant many times people sort of just like close their eyes hope it all works out and so this is just a simple practice of you saying i'm going to be engaged with my finances i'm going to look at them i'm not going to um kind of just hope for the best and then i would say too on the topic we just talked about um putting some sort of salary on an auto pay so whether whatever you're at like if, you, if it's 50 dollars, 100 dollars, or whatever it is and you should be able to kind of if you're brand brand new then you're gonna have to like find something that feels aligned and is something you feel you can sustain if you've had a year of business you can look at your pnl sheets you can see what your owner's draw was you can kind of think about well what do i think my profitability is going to be this year to kind of come up with a, a you know, estimated amount of money that you can put on auto pay. 
um, if you have aren't able to do all the projections and cash flow and all that type of work that I do with people, that's a simple way. And I said put it on auto pay because that is eliminating the human part of us that tends to be emotional, that tends to um, be forgetful or whatever. And so if you have it on auto pay, you're not going to think about like, should I pay myself? Can I afford to pay myself? It just becomes a, a, a way to create habit and like eliminate your own emotions. And so that's the second thing I would do is um, figure out what that could be and put it on auto pay. And then this is something I think is really, I'll say this last thing is get in touch with one financial goal that you have for yourself personally. I always say that piles of green cash are not very inspiring. Like, okay, cool. I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars. Like we have these, like, I hear these, a lot of like arbitrary goals. I want to be a six figure entrepreneur. I'm going to have a, you know, five thousand or five figure month, or I want to have a six figure launch, whatever these things are. Well, like who really cares? Like, it's just like a status or like a number, but what if you got really dialed in with your finances and your goals? And so that's what I would say is the last piece I'd love for you to do is figure out one financial goal that you, um, that lights you up, figure out what that would produce for you. What emotion would that bring for to your life and the exact amount. So if it's paying off your master card or whatever, figure out the exact amount. So many times I hear people, I think it's like $10,000. People will say, I'm like, uh, uh-uh. like if we're doing, if we're in the money matrix, I need to know the exact amount because they're going to, we're going to figure out dollar for dollar, how you're going to pay that off or whatnot. And so write that down, that goal on a sticky note, somewhere you'll see every day and, and write the emotion it will produce. This is going to bring me power. This is going to be free, bring me freedom. This is going to bring me whatever. And knowing that exact amount is going to also help you work to manifest more into your business and strategize for paying towards that or paying that off or whatever that is. Yeah, that's great. Um, there's a quote that um, they say that uh, things that are measured improve. And so even the, the first step of saying, okay, I'm going to look at these numbers in my life um, can really make a difference. And I can attest to that also. Like when I started as an entrepreneur, um, we were making enough money that like everything could sustain itself and everything. Um, But uh, for a few years, when I first started, I didn't really pay attention to the numbers and I didn't really grow. It kind of just stayed there. And once I just briefly like paid attention to say like, okay, this is how much came in and went out this month and And that month, it really made a difference because it let me see like, okay, well, this is the current reality. And if I want to increase it from here, then it let me take the next step of figuring out what's going to make that happen. Yes, I love it. Awesome. So how about then like a more established entrepreneur? Like, let's say we have somebody who they're really successful. They've got a six or seven figure income. In your opinion, what should they do to be handling their money? Well, you know, this is, like I say, like financial advice is so particular and so individualized to the person, to the person's goals, to their financial, you know, um, 
what, what, where do they sit financially? I think one thing I'd love to bring to the surface is the idea that as entrepreneurs, we are in charge of our own retirement. So we do not have a 401k. We don't, we're not inheriting something from the company or whatever. And so if you are a more mature entrepreneur um, and you've been in that while, I would say like, still, we need to work on that, like increasing profitability, increasing salary and bonus. And then like what we do on the personal side of is figuring out what is your overflow and how can you strategize towards that and making sure you have a really solid investment plan. And so whether that's like, you know, whether you're doing it in the stock market, whether you're doing it in other inside of other companies or startups, whether it's inside of real estate, but that you're working to set yourself up for not just allowing your business to cash flow your current lifestyle or upgraded lifestyle, but that you have a plan for retirement is something that I would say is huge for the the more mature entrepreneur. And then inside of like kind of money management stuff uh, on the business side, you I, I would want you to have a really clear 12 month plan of like your cash flow, your position, um, and that you would be working towards strategizing that both on what you think is your current like booked or safe number. Some people in in their business, like you have like wedding photographers, you know, your kind of general like bookings for ne- the next year or whatnot. Um, some people it's going to be more of like, well, what were your safe numbers? What's done generally industry standard or what did you do inside of your last year and your PLs and kind of like cash flow that out and then create projections. So think about how can I strategize to bring more money into my world, put it um, inside of the money matrix. We put that per month and what it actually is. And then if you are assigning that overflow into your personal life, hey, this is going to allow me to max out my Roth IRA. This is going to allow me to start to invest inside of real estate or whatever. Um, You're going to be pretty motivated to get that done inside of your business. And you're going to be able to sort of strategize that house based on the fact that you can see cash flow, you can see increases in salary, and you've got assignments for that. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's helpful. I think like our audience is tends to be really creative, maybe not as much analytical. And so being able to project that out and look at it for yourself and see like, how does this align with what I want? And then once you see it, then figuring out like, okay, well, what can I do to make this increase? And I, I think that's a, a really important thing and an exercise that people should go through because otherwise um, it, it's easy to focus on all the other tasks in your business that may not directly actually bring you income. Yeah. 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 What is it? It's like the 80 20 principle, right? You spend mm-hmm. uh, 20% of your time getting 80% of the results. Yeah. Exactly. So I want to talk. I and think, the, the nod towards yeah. Oh go God, ahead. You go. You go first. Uh, finish. No, finish I was just gonna. Uh, okay, I was just gonna say like on this. The, like I'm a creative as well, and so I have that part of my brain, and I totally get like, oh man, like I just numbers, blah blah blah, and I just like love my my greatest like. <laughs> joy is when people say oh my gosh Aaron like numbers are sexy I agree with you or like this spreadsheet like I love spreadsheets now and I know that might sound like a stretch for people listening or watching but 
it's true. Like if you, the beauty of it is like, if you have a goal, most of the time our goals have some sort of monetary value attached to them. Like if it's going on a vacation, okay, that's a certain budget. If it's having time freedom, whether that, okay, that probably boils down to like, you can hire outsource a lot in your business and your personal life. Like there's generally some sort of financial like tie to our values and to where we're headed and what we want to do. And so like the more you're in touch with that and the more you like, like I said earlier, you dial it down, you have a specific dollar amount, like numbers are sexy. They can show you that. Or if people are like part-time in their business and they want to like quit their full-time job. Well, a lot of, actually a lot of times when I'm working with people and that's an answer that numbers can tell you, I'm like, you can, you can quit right now. Like you have the cash flow, you know how much it costs for you to live. You've got the savings. Like, what are you waiting for? (laughs) It's a numbers just can like tell us a lot and they can help us live out like our goals and our values that we have. So even if you're creative, numbers are super sexy and you've got to start to have like this relationship with um, money and numbers. That's going to like bring you that freedom and desire that you, that you have. Awesome. Yeah. Super helpful. So you, you mentioned a little bit, um, I read in your intro how like you're focused on helping make a business is not only profitable, but actually grow somebody's personal wealth. And I think we're like touching on small pieces here, but can you go into a little bit more of like what you mean by that and, and how you see that? Sure. So we've talked about salary a lot and that's the first piece is, um, having a salary that you can count on and that you can increase. And inside of the matrix, I, I will be like, okay, so yeah, we're like strategizing all of this over here on your business and they're strategizing all of this over here in, in your personal life. And I'll point to the one cell and I'm like, this is the one cell in the spreadsheet where it connects because all this where we're doing in your business is computing a salary like a financial number every month and we get to like change that number over here in your personal sheet um if we can like get your business to be more profitable and we can understand the cash flow and things like that so that's a first piece for sure and i know i've like said this a million times but that's how literally your business is going to intersect your personal world is the money that it brings into there through salary and bonuses, owners, draws, whatever. So that's the first piece. And then having a financial plan is like how we create personal wealth. And so um, we understand how much it costs to live. We have a budget and then we plan for the additional money. So we need to have overflow. We need to have a balanced budget, a budget that is either zero or positive. It needs to be positive in order to have additional money. And then I teach the fi- uh, five financial goals that we should strategize for that help us to build wealth. And so the first two um, are the first ones we should work towards if, if, they are a part of your world. So you need to have a savings plan. Everyone's savings plan is going to be different, but depending on who they are um, and their leverage, like how much they're leveraged. So if you don't have a business savings plan, a, a business cushion, you should have that. And that should be based upon your expenses, based upon like how much does it take cost to run your business? What does that look like? And then also your personal. And also I always say with the savings thing, you need to know your own tendencies 
days and you need to leave yourself here. So if you're like an oversaver, accumulator, like hoarder, then you probably need to push against that a little bit and like say, like have a smaller savings goal because you need to do some other things with your money. Um, so just know yourself when it comes to understanding your savings plan and then debt pay down. So those two are the first two goals that um, are going to help us work towards um, growing our wealth. Um, if we're in deficit, we need to figure that out both on a psychological, like the weight of debt. And also that's like the biggest thing, especially if it's credit card debt, the amount of money you pay in interest is astronomical. And so we need to create a plan there. So those two are first. And then the next three are kind of interchangeable based on where you're at and what your goals are. So investing, lifestyle improvements and generosity are the next three that I work to help people strategize. Um, And so that looks like, you know, we've talked about investing, whether it's wherever that's going to be, but working towards retirement, lifestyle upgrades, this could be, you know, doing things inside of your annual budget that bring you more freedom, more joy, um, more time, hiring a housekeeper or signing up for the meal service or it could be like buying a second home getting a boat like things that we expand our life and then generosity I believe like I said before um money in the hands of heart-centered people is so beautiful because there's so much that we can do with this to make it our world better and so strategizing and thinking about like okay what do we want to do where do we want to put our power that we have in our money um where do we want to put it to work for good and there's all different ways that we can do that and so those are the five financial goals that I like um for us to strategize and work towards um as we work to build personal wealth yeah I like um mentioning about placing the money into these different goals and um, I think anyone who's started to study finance and, and get into all of this has has probably heard at some point that like you have to put your money to work for you. And I think that um, that's so true and so important because if you're just going to save everything, then there, the money that you have really is losing its value because it's not doing something. Every, all, all the money that you earn should have some kind of purpose and just saving all of it um, it's not necessarily the purpose because unless it's specifically for retirement or lifestyle upgrades, um, giving back, all of those things that you mentioned, um, there should be a reason. And then that way you can let the money flow into those correct places and improve your life, improve the life of others um, and all that. So definitely, I think that's super important. Um, yeah. Mentioned- and you have to be careful, right? Like with mm-hmm. the, with the savings thing, like what you're saying, I think, you know, right now we're seeing what's happening with inflation and if people are holding you know all of their assets in cash you're losing money so if you have a million dollars in cash in a year if if our inflation rates are calm like going to be around that 10 percent, like next year you'll have nine hundred thousand dollars so that's why it's very important that you're working to invest your money like for us this is why we're considering even like selling some of our um, investment properties because we have the ability to then take piles of cash that we would get because other investors are eager to like purchase some, maybe some investments that were like, Hey, we could go take this cash and make more money in real estate since we're in the game. But people are needing to take their cash and put it in assets that are going to, um, 
continue to rise and, and, and beat the inflation, right? And so I think having that mentality of like actually like just putting our money in savings, it's not strategic. And I think also I'd say that we need to work to make our money work for us, not just work for money. And so this is another, I think this is another big mindset thing, especially for entrepreneurs. We know how to hustle. We know how to go and work really hard. And then we have to get to this point where we're like, okay. And I also have to get comfortable and start working towards like having money work for me without me having to work. Definitely. Yeah. The the money doesn't have its value until it's used in some way. And just like it would be bad to waste all of your money, it's also bad to just have it all sit there and not do anything for you. So you mainly coach women, um, as you mentioned, other apart from like Mm -hmm. some of the things you mentioned before about mindset and, and things like that. Would you say that there's like any other differences like between women and men in terms of like our relationship with money and how we approach finances that like maybe the women watching or listening to the show um, could keep in mind? Yeah, I think generally, like I kind of gave some context for just like history and sort of the story that we're up against as far as like the power that we've had and the suppression we've had around money. And just generally, I think women's sort of our confidence and our worthiness generally is very different than men. Like, I know there's a stat that says a woman will only apply for a job if she believes she's 100% qualified. And a man will apply for a job if they believe that they're 60% qualified. And so I think that that type of, you know, posturing, like, is is very important for us to think about like our confidence our worthiness as women like really working on our story there working on our blocks there because um i think those are some obstacles in understanding also society and patriarchy and like what we are up against is really important because it is different than um you know a man and a man's story and a man's positioning and his power around money and um Yeah. So I think that's really, really important. And how we think determines how we act, which determines our results. So working on our money stories and our money blocks, especially as women, is so important. That's great. So I have one more question for you. We like to ask all of our guests if they had anything that they could ask our audience, what would that be? So is there anything that you're curious about, anything you want our audience to think about um, that you would ask them? Yeah, I'm going to actually tee up a question that I always ask my people on my podcast that come on. So I just want you, uh, as you're listening, to think about this. If I were to give you $100,000 right now, what would you do with it? And I want you to actually think for a minute and like strategize, because I think that'll give you some insight into what are the values, what are the goals, what are your hopes, and have you start to tap into your motivation to then draw in more money into your world. Awesome. That's a great question. I think that's a really good uh, good exercise as a way to uh, figure that out for yourself. All right, great. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show. Before we get going, where else can people find you online? Yeah, I'm most active on social on Instagram. So you can find me there, E-R-I-N-N, Bridgman, 
Bridgman with no E on the bridge. And then definitely ha- uh, come over to my website. I have tons of different resources. You can learn your sacred money archetype. I have a, a wealthy woman checklist, which I would really encourage people to download. It helps you work through what are, how do I become the CFO of my headspace, of my business, and of my personal world. I've had people print it out and have conversations with their partner. Really um, helpful resource. So hit me up on Instagram and go check out some of those resources. Awesome. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah. If you enjoyed this interview and want a chance to ask questions to our guests live, tune in on Tuesdays when new episodes premiere on the Heights Platform Facebook page. To learn more about the show and get notified when new episodes release, check out thecreatorsadventure.com. Until then, keep learning, and I'll see you in the next episode.